cinnamon. Yeah. Um, or more savory dishes, mm-hmm. white pepper and cinnamon. Really? Yeah. It's 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 a damn. It makes everything just like taste so much more flavorful. I mean, and you're you're so tactical when it comes to like almost like everything that you do, like cooking. You get tactical. Like, no, I can't just be cooking. It has to be this way. With the, I wouldn't call it tactical. I like being adventurous. Adventurous. I think okay. you're uh, curious. Yeah, I, I don't have like a set like rubrics. Like, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. Uh, in fact, I don't know. Did I ever show you my flavor maps? I have never seen your. I don't think I've ever seen your flavor maps. It's. Some sick photos. Wow. No. So these are how I come up with new dishes, new flavor combos together. I actually took inspiration from uh, Grant Akats, who's at really? Lenny in Chicago. Uh, not that I ever talked with him, but he was like, he had a YouTube video. I was like, hey, this is how I put various flavors together. It's like each new flavor I put onto the flavor map has to match with literally every single other flavor as well. Wow. So I don't, I don't know if it's tactical or if it's just like I'm being crazy. No, you're not. It's not you're being crazy. And it's never crazy. Ever. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking to another crazy person, that just sounds you saying crazy. <laughs> <sounds>. <laughs> you sound I like wanted to be self aware, you know? I, know. I wanted exactly. to. Exactly. Which, you know, you it's just pancakes here, bacon, mac and cheese, like all on the same thing. Like, I know you guys can't read it. <laughs> it's too bright. It's actually good that it's too bright. I don't want to give away any secrets. This is, this is the filter. This is the, uh... the, the filter. Yes. Yes, yes, of course. So, all right, so here we go. All let's, right. Let's, I guess let's get this started. Hey everybody, welcome to Empower by Cody.ai. My name is Michael McNair and I am ecstatic to have my friend here, David. Um, we've been trying to do this for some time now, right? It's been a while. It's been a long, <laughs> long while. I, I don't know how long. Um, oh my gosh, we were so, I mean, look, I'm going to go through all the announcements and all that other stuff, but I mean, we've been trying to do this now for some time and I'm, and I'm happy. That I get the honor. I haven't seen him on anything else. I swear I've had dreams about, uh, like, oh, I'm going to be on a podcast with Mike right here. Um, but I, when I wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, shoot, I actually haven't. Oh, I actually true. haven't he's, had my matcha. Um, so now I know this is real, and it's, I'm not dreaming. Yes. So we've done um, Qigong together, mm-hmm. brunch together, I mean, co-work together. At one point. We've done almost everything. Oh, well, everything yeah. that is native to what you think a San Franciscan would do. Exactly. Very, very true. So brunch. We haven't had we haven't had avocado toast. Well, I don't eat avocado. That is true. That is very true. I remember like we went to Coxcomb, Coxcomb mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, we got some avocado sandwich. You're picking out the avocados. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, you yeah. can have all of it. Yeah, you guys so, can take all of that. That's that's so West Coast. It that's is very so, West Coast. I mean But that's and, how you know I was born I was born and raised in the West Coast and you weren't. Absolutely. That's very, very true. Other your, than that, we're like... Your stomach, your you know, intestinal, your <laughs> microbiomes, your gut buddies, can, they can handle avocado. It is it's harmony mine, and melody to my stomach. Mine is like ping, pong, ping, That's <laughs> <laughs> like the Chinese New Year parade. <laughs> <laughs> that was off of, uh, what was that movie? Goodfellas. Remember Joe Pesky? When he was like, ping, pong, pong. Yeah, that's yeah. It, that's okay, it. okay. I know. I'm, I'm a movie buff. Um, so let's, act, come on, we got to get into this. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. Intro so, for your intro. So again, uh, you guys, I'm, I'm hoping to spread out the Practical AI Meetup. Uh, thank you for tuning in. As you guys know, this is going to be a pretty cool conversation with the vibe that we already have. Uh, you're going to find out what, what Dave does <laughs> uh, in conjunction of the projects that he's worked on, the people he has surrounded himself with, the part and the book 
for my book that he's in. So, of course, that's a big namaste all the time, you know. I'm always blessed to have very, very intelligent individuals to have intelligent conversations. So, and, and, and Dave is always, he's, he's, he's what we call back in New York an ace boom coon. He's like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I know Absolutely doesn't. no idea. I had to just flip it real quick. That could have been it. a curse word in New York, game, <laughs> and I would have had, like, I would have been like cussed out. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, it seems cool. I will be whatever. I don't even know how. What did, you, what did you say? You're, 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 you're an ace. Okay. It's like no, you um, said an ace boom coon or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So, I, it means you're an ace. It means you're um, like a, you know everyone has a deck of hands. Like they have they have mm, a okay. card, right? Okay. It's a game, mm-hmm. and everyone has their hand. And you're an ace. Ah. So everyone always says, you know. So how much do I have to pay you after this podcast? No, you don't got to pay nothing. <laughs> yeah, just give me a 20. It's 20. Just 20. Back so, so, all right. So let's get back to it. Um, Practical AI Meetup will be from August to um, September and October. I will come up with the dates in the next podcast. Um, anybody wants to go to Cody.ai, please do and get on to our subscription lit letter so you guys can check out all the new updates that we will be doing. Uh, from the lab and Cody and everything else over the next course of the six months. Uh, I want to thank all my sponsors, 55B Labs, Practically AI Meetup here in New York, Toronto, and Boston, uh, LaForge Optical, of course, and Novel City Ventures, which uh, is another one of our sponsors. I really appreciate you guys, all my friends and family. Um, also, again, I always continue to reiterate in August, end of August will be the pre-sale of the book, Untangle Your Mind, The Scientific Approach to Entrepreneurship. That was a mouthful. I know. But it, it rolled, right? It, it does roll. It, it rolled. It was, it was good. And wait till you see, like, the um, the book cover. I can't show it to you now. Oh, come on. Right. But I know, I know. But the book cover is actually pretty cool. Like You know I love my art. I know. So the I cover will, art means a lot to me. And I also, I'm kind of, like, protective over it, you know? I, I'm showing it to a big wig. I want to make sure I'm ready. Ready for the big game. All right, all right, all right. I will see it Big eventually. Time. I want an autograph as well. Wow. I want um, wow. a full, like, full page of handwritten notes, just be like, wow. by you. Wow. I am requesting a lot, but... That is a lot. I mean, he requests a room in the new office. He thought I forgot about that. That's why I almost... <laughs> I thought we were just going to keep this down, though. Like, this yeah. is an under-the-table oh, oh, really? thing. Oh, really? Uh, but... I mean, and then now, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Damn. I wouldn't mind just like you know having my name right there. You might stick me up, (laughs) poke me. So, all right. So let's get into it. Um, All right. Like I said, it's very special episode here with David. Um, David is also my book. As I was speaking before, he's in the GVF, which is the Global Velocity Function, which we're going to talk about a bit in this episode as well, which is actually going to be really interesting. Um, or as we've told it in, devils, in several different times, gravitational pull. Um, oh, focus, <laughs> gravitational pull, attention. Um, so many. I have a bunch of my notebooks. I was yeah. like, you, you couldn't get me stop. You couldn't get me to stop thinking about it. Yeah. And I just like at late nights, I just woke up and like, you know what? I'm t- I'm gonna think about the GPS. Oh my gosh, you were you, you, that's so. that's twenty dollars. That was thank you. I think that's worth more than twenty dollars. I, mean, I think the, the viewers can. Uh, that's I'll give you a hundred later. I appreciate it. Okay, all right. So, um, what's really special about the chapter is the fact that there is two other individuals in it. One of them is my advisor, which is Reginald Grant, who's an ex-NFL player. Um, so in this chapter, it, even though it's very much like math um, and also theory, but also it has a lot around sport. 
and it just makes sense. And so, so, so Reginald, um, my, my advisor, who's an ex-NFL player, also a part of the Retired Players Association, who was in that chapter, and then one of my other dear friends, Mark French, who has been a ball boy for the Knicks uh, when he was younger and has influences throughout the entire athletic organization in the NBA and, um, and other organizations. He's also part of the board for LeBron James's, you know, wife, the organic company. Um, so it's that chapter is very, very special, and, and, and David's in that as well. Yeah. So what we can do is that, that ties us right into what your background is. So if you want to go into yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, I'm no ex-NFL player. I am no uh, ball boy. I, just, I did amateur swimming. I was like, I enjoyed swimming back then. Uh-huh. Um, and I know you had your stint with basketball. Yes. Yeah. Um, but outside of just me loving to swim because I hate sweating, <laughs> that's, that's why you I did swam it. swam because you hate sweating. Yes. I did swimming and water polo. I was just like, no, no sweating. At least if I sweat, I don't feel it. Um, but other than that, I work as a venture capital scout. Um, and where I go and meet the best and brightest um, from all around and see, like, oh, can I be the godfather of their dream? Mm. I, I love that. I, mm. I, I love it. I, I'm also a self-proclaimed story scout and vicarious adventurer uh, because I am a very sheltered, and when we first met, I told yep. you this, um, a very sheltered Bay Area boy. And I haven't really traveled to a lot of places, mm-hmm. even in, within the U.S. So um, good thing SF is such a global city. So I've gone around meeting um Quite curious people from all around. Yes. Whether it's um, professional yo-yo champions, wow, which I didn't know that existed I didn't even until know that. I yeah. did that. Uh, stone skippers, which I'm gonna be honest, I have, I used to skip stones across the lake and think, okay, two, three times, I am, I'm pretty good. Yeah. If it's not just a flat dunk, I'm good. And then I, I meet one of these professional stone skippers, and they skip it across the lake like 26 times. I'm like, oh my wow. god. And you can see it's like literally skidding on the lake, which is so impressive. But I get my dopamine from meeting such people like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I get paid to meet people. I guess that, yes, that's, that's that's a short description. That is the most. That's amazing. That's an amazing job. You get paid to meet people that have curious ideas and that are very very passionate. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, of course, out here in the Bay, anybody here is VC. It's like bing, 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 bells and whistles go off, especially startups, right? So. You meet people that are eager, eager to be in their domain, eager yes. to make connections, e- eager to impress you. I don't know about impress me. Oh, they impress themselves. Okay. There we and go. in that sense, it impresses me. There we go. All right. I guess any any humble individual <laughs> would take the latter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this, this is this this goes to show you what, what, what you're into today. So let's. <laughs> I'm going to give you way more than a hundred now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, Tell us about a current project you're working on. Current project. Well, um, I've always been truly fascinated um, about human interaction and genuine human relationships. I mean, we, we, we've both had this gripe yeah. and all yeah. that. Um, having recently finished up my collegiate career, it's like, you know, I have life after college. There's no really, quote unquote, social life. Unless you do like practically at meetups and like, then I can meet people <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But the average person coming out of college doesn't know about these meetups, whether it's practical AI, whether it's like cars, whether it's yeah. whatever, right? Um, so it's like, what, what if I can archetype um, a some sort of event, an experience um, by bringing people closer and making the bay just feel a little smaller and feel a little closer? Mm. Um, that's exactly what I've been doing. And we're, we're just like a bunch of six, including myself, yeah. crazy individuals um, thinking about how to, I wouldn't say change the world, 
but change our own social lives. And eventually, as we uh, grew that over and over, um, we brought together a bunch of our friends, a bunch of our networks, a bunch of our coworkers um, into this space where we call it the we call ourselves the crazy gremlins. Ooh, um, the crazy gremlins. Yes, crazy gremlins. <laughs> there is no deep meaning, so it's going to be very anticlimactic. Um, it was just one day we were sitting down. We, we've done this for a while, and we're like, okay, let's. We need a name for ourselves. We can't just call ourselves like you know our respective names. We need a collective name for the six of us. And then we're thinking about a bunch of ideas, and we're like, oh, we can't think of any idea. I'm like. About gremlins, and we're crazy yeah. enough. So like crazy gremlins, and that's yeah. all there was. To and don't get me wrong, the five other people they hated it. They're like, I hate the, like gremlins has a very uh, in their yeah. eyes a negative connotation. You're like always oh, messing with things. The the origin of it came around in the 1940s during World War II when these quote unquote mythical creatures were messing with aircraft and uh, airplanes and like destroying these. And like we have wow. uh, a reputation of destroying things. But I'm like, okay, well, what if we just destroy technology but bring back the genuine human relationship Ooh. part? Of course, this might be like post-mortem, like, you know, I, we've, we've had the name already. Now I'm going to think of something meaningful off of it. Yeah. There was no intention. So, so it, yes, it was just like, it sounds cool. It rolls off my tongue. We did it. Wow. Yeah. That's a crazy, I didn't even know that story. Oh, now you know. Now I know. Dang. That's awesome. So you started the Crazy Gremlins, and you guys focus on bringing people back. Yes. Right? Off their phones. Off their phones um, and more centered around what experience. You can, can you go in a little bit more depth about that? Oh, yeah. Um, so the Crazy <laughs> Gremlins, um, we have two main, I guess, theses. Mm-hmm. Um I guess like long-term vision because we do separate our mission and our vision. We think of the very separate things. Um, but our two ultimate visions are helping strangers become lifelong friends overnight. And the second of all, creating the most magical experience anyone's ever seen, heard of, or experienced. Wow. Uh, and of course, these are not something you can do overnight. Um, but that's the ultimate like goal. Uh, uh, I, I remember um, one of my mentors once told me the difference between mission and vision because I always got those two confused yeah. um, where mission is building that staircase yeah. and vision is the final goal of that staircase you, can, you can't have a mission without a vision you can't have a vision without a mission because if you have like the ultimate like doorway in heaven yeah. that you want to get to but no staircase to get to it it really doesn't mean anything doesn't mean it. Um, but if you have a staircase but you don't know where you're headed you're just like building it nebulously up exactly um, so Wow, that, I mean, that's a great breakdown, especially for startups as well. A lot of people that do listen, whether it's on the podcast um, or on the video, mm-hmm. um, are entrepreneurs. So it's it's great oh, yeah. for your insight because you guys will be able to take some real gems back with you when it comes to if you don't know what the difference is between mission and vision or anything else, especially during the episode. So just um, so as we're as, as I'm as I'm see, as I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. With, within Crazy Gremlins, as you are building this network, you're iterating with different things. Yes. Right? And then you go in. So can you go into just a little more detail about that and then how you, I mean, we talked about this, how you do uh, your feedback. Uh, from so we're still, we're well. spilling all the secrets here. Well, 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 you, well you don't, well, you don't, don't have to. I, 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 I love... Um, <laughs> Now, having been on the uh, venture capital side, even back then, I remember uh, when I first started off on the operating side of things. I mean, this is like rewind. It's like big rewind to the feedback from Crazy Gremlins. And you know this as yeah. well. And we've known each other for a while. And um, we were, I don't know why, we were often protective of our ideas. Like, you know, when I first had my couple ideas back in high school, I'm like, okay, this is an idea. I'm not going to tell anybody about it until I can bring it to market. I was like always in this stealth mode, right? right. But um, hiding my ideas, even from my own family. Yeah. Um, 
because I was like, oh, my dad's going to judge me because he's a serial entrepreneur as well. Yeah. Like, he's going to judge me. I'm not going to share with any, anything with him um, because he's just so successful in my eyes. Yeah. Um, so I didn't share. And the longer I didn't share, the less I could iterate on because I, I was like blown up in my own world, which you often get, um, which we, I, don't, I didn't coin the term, but somebody else did. I don't, yeah. I don't remember who, but um, entrepreneurs who are like, yeah, I, cool. I, I want I said, to do I an idea. That. I said that. Yeah, okay. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is a person that just is never going to move anywhere. The entrepreneur is a person that works within a company and does business. And then the entrepreneur is the one that jumps off the ledge. So I'll I'll, I'll give us the mic for this. Um, (laughs) But. Oh my god. Oh my god. Then we have all the weaves over there. Like, like, oh, you can. What is that? Uh, I don't even know. There's just one like Onairu Shinderu. On the right shoes. There we go. I mean, no, I see it on Reddit. I'm a frequent Redditor. Uh, oh, Harry with the slam dunk. Very. We, we should bring him to the podcast, right? <laughs> Harry should come in. Oh, he's, 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 he's heads down right now. He's so heads down. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, go ahead. So, yeah, um, so hiding the idea really, didn't really get me anywhere. And in fact, like, by the time I released my idea, mm-hmm. I was probably years behind everybody else who was working on the same idea just because I couldn't wow. iterate on it. Wow. Um, so going back to the, the feedback loop yeah. and all that, it was all about sharing the idea and iterating the idea over and over and over. Mm. Um, so when we first started, we were like, okay, this is our initial vision of um, bringing people together, making the bay feel a little smaller, feel a little closer, feel a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, and we had this thesis, I mean, I, um, once again, rewinding, this is going to be a very long-winded answer, by the way. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. I'm going on so many I'm tangents over but there. But I'm interested. I'm actually interested. Um, I, uh, this was back in college. Um, we had a case study um, about um, business case, I mean, business yeah. school costs and all that. And there was this case study about this woman called Heidi Roizen. Um, who was known for a venture capitalist, but who was also known for just putting together dinners and meals together, potluck style, for all people in her network so they can meet each other, making the world feel a little smaller. This is awesome. And I decided, like, okay, this is so awesome. This is, like, very much in tune with what I've been doing on campus and just, like, my personal lives. I'm going to reach out to her. I reached out to her. I mean, she was a very busy person. I'm so thankful she actually responded because, Mm. you know, you have no idea how many people don't respond. Um, And she only said four words. Um, which was very impactful for this. I actually reached out to her uh, like a couple months back, yeah. and she's like, "I'm so happy you actually used my advice." Wow. And the four words, um, which too often people are t- people take a unilaterally and only take one and not the other, but be interesting and interested. I like that. Um, and for a lot of people, uh, of course, like uh, I was, like, what does these what do these four words mean? So I had to bug her like, "What, what do yeah. they mean?" Right. Um, and then she explained, like, most people in the Bay Area throughout, they're, they're too focused on being interesting. Like, yeah. me, 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 me. Uh, when you go into uh, a conversation, it's like, oh, here's what I'm working on. Here's my hobbies. Um, that they lose sight of uh, the other party. And, like, um, at some point, people only talk about themselves, which people love talking about themselves. Already. So people hear it all the time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that... And that's so funny. I, I can speak a little bit yes. more on this. Please after, do. Don't, don't let me. No, no, but I. I let I'm me drink some matcha while you, while no, you go no, for go it. No, go ahead and drink. I'm, I was just saying that um, it, it comes down with me around music, right? And the mm. importance of just listening to song and what you can pull out of just listening to certain beats, 
rhymes and rhythms, trying to hear music for what it is, is like a conversation that a person has. It's really no difference, right? Oh, yeah. So if a, per- if a person is interesting that you're, you like, of course you're more likely to listen. That goes back to psychology. But also, just the standpoint of uh, being able to keep together... Cut this real quick. Like coming smooth with the. You were talking about this guy here. It's just absolutely. Yeah, I know you see this in the music. And I'm listening to it now to like the character signs because then you start to hear me. music is anything when you that goes through your audio senses uh, auditory senses that you just like you, you, you wait for the ball to drop like yeah. you're holding it in so and then you get the release right so it's like this he is to me <clears throat> as much as I can move into my flow I know I talked to Soren and Soren was talking earlier about um, because he does a lot within music as well but he, t- he says you know it doesn't help you and I know I said I know it doesn't help me get in the flow but it makes me feel good and that feeling is very much the same thing when you're listening to an individual who's curious or that you want to listen to mm-hmm. it's like a nice song it's like you remember it's like it's like the information that a person can give or directly receive is you know a privy of the way that their waveforms are so if, if a person is engaging mm-hmm. and he has not just engaging content, but his voice is engaging and his thoughts are engaging, it's like a song. It's like a beautiful song. You You're know? right. You're right. Uh, and of course, there's the science behind just a sort of 60-30-10 rule and all that kind of yeah. stuff, right? But frankly, I mean, breaking, not even breaking it down, but I think it's, it's intuition, it's gut feeling. Mm. If you, if you like a song, sometimes you can't be like, oh, I, I, here's X, Y, and Z, why I like There's no science line. You're just like, I love it. And if you like a person, you're like, I mean, like, love at first sight, right? Yeah. And oftentimes you haven't gotten to know them well enough. It's mm. almost based on f- physical appearances, although science might, science of attraction might argue something different. Yes, um, attraction. But yeah. the thing is, like, it, it, it's, it's a gut feeling. I mean, you know, right? Yeah. It's kind of like when you invest, like when you're, when you're, when you're oh, a startup, right? Yeah. Um, there are some startups that, 
uh, might have brilliant numbers. Mm. And it's so it, funny how you just so eloquently went back into <laughs> the questions. Because did that's his, you did, you, you did. That's so crazy. Okay. Uh, so go ahead, go ahead. Um, but we're it, right down here. I, I think too many people discount intuition, right? Um, and of course I can try to break down intuition to a science and I might fail in doing so and everybody's level of intuition, gut feeling is all different. Um, but not only is this um, is a certain investment logically correct, like yeah. hit like for consumer at like 40K and yeah. they can have 30% month over month growth, but sometimes you're just not feeling it, right? Yeah. And it could be some, some internal sign telling you, oh, they're not really passionate about it. There's the front they put on. Um, so even like for the investments that I look at, yeah. um, just to, to, to dissect all of that. I mean, it's very easy for the first time when you meet an entrepreneur, and of course you've probably met them as well, or the first time you meet a team member when you like, talk to them during an interview, it's very easy to fake enthusiasm. Mm. Uh, and they can be the most passionate, or they can seem the most passionate about their idea, um, but the, the second, the third meeting, and then you measure, does that passion still mm. last? Like, uh, wow. And sometimes your gut feeling, you'll know. Um, <laughs> yeah. sometimes for the gut feeling you'll, you'll know yeah. and in the first meeting like literally within the first couple of seconds you're like I, I don't feel like this is the person and of course for me it takes me you know, probably like I, I know but then I try to prove if I'm right or my gut, feel, gut feeling is right or wrong wow. by the second and third meeting if they're wow. actually still as passionate and enthusiastic wow. about the idea as possible wow and um, so that is all gut and I'm pretty sure people definitely want to hear what are some cons and pros of certain startups that you've seen and how have you measured if you just take your gut out, right? You, mm-hmm. you talked about the, the things that are, you know, 40x of it. You go through all of those small things, but how tricky is getting a startup to the next level? Maybe you can talk to some people that are writing, starting their own companies uh, so things that they can work on as well mm. to maybe get to, you know, if they're not, if, if passion is what it is or enthusiasm what it is over the course of time, you could, so would you say that goes into the problem, or would you say that goes into the person that's trying to solve the problem? It's it's definitely a lot on people. Um, yeah. Because I mean, think about it. I don't use a consumer apps. There's a, I mean, there's. I'm pretty sure people still come out with a bunch of different games. Oh yeah. Right. Like, you know, and, and not saying that games are less, you know, more attractive than social problems. But now we, we've seen an influx of people coming out with social problems, like the yes. trying to solve really hard, complex. And even through a gamified approach. Through a gamified approach, which, yeah, is also another thing. So, I do have to say, like, there's a bias, there's a disclaimer and all that. I I come from the venture capital standpoint, and I do think um, the vast majority of startups and ventures out there do not fit the venture capital model. Like, it it is a very aggressive schedule that you have to hit, and you'll be forced to hit that schedule. And for a lot of entrepreneurs who, you know, entrepreneurs mm. who want to be venture backed and have the title of the CEO and like we've gotten like you know five mil from Sequoia and all that yeah. kind of stuff um, if you're just in it for the title if you're just in it for like the, the power status and to brag to your friends it's not worth it mm. first of all mm. um, but also at the same time there are a lot of good starts like the hardest startup to turn down is one that's literally hitting all the right metrics and you know it's going to make money but it's not going to grow as fast like, there are so many mom-and-pop shops. There are so many, like, smaller businesses out there that are definitely going to be making money. They're profitable from day one. Yeah. And, I mean, to any other f- a person, you know, this is, like, the perfect investment to have. But for a venture capital, because we have to hit certain, like, benchmarks yeah. uh, for our LPs in the lifetime of our fund, we have to hit very aggressive schedules. And we have to force those aggressive schedules on them. And I think that breeds the, the, the venture capital nickname, vulture capital. 
happiness. Oh, wow. um, which is like a more negative frame of looking at it, but you, you have to understand from the venture capital standpoint as well. Um, which is good, same, I mean, because people don't always hear it from the VC standpoint. They usually, they usually sometimes hear it from their own friends. Yeah. Right? Not everyone has a bunch of VCs around them that aren't VCs themselves. There are more entrepreneurs than there are VCs. Right? There, there are. A lot. <laughs> a lot more. Although capital is so liquid these days, yeah. um, and to be honest, there are a lot more uh, both founder VCs and career VCs. And yeah. even those two, they, they, they come to the venture capital standpoint from a very different perspective. Exactly. Um, but I do want to revisit the, the earlier point you were talking yeah. about, like advice to entrepreneurs, maybe yeah. like first-time entrepreneurs. Um, and you, you mentioned if this was uh, a pr- a more of a problem for the person or yeah. for like the product. Pro- yeah. it, it comes in both points, right? Um, we love, um, this also might be biased, take with a grain of salt, um, but we love entrepreneurs that are see the problem and have experienced the problem that's very near and dear to their hearts, oh, right? right. Yeah. And there are so many entrepreneurs um, like really brilliant people out there that follow on and build certain products by I see a problem in the market yeah. I see a, a trend that is happening right now or like before a trend even happens I want to capitalize on I want to monetize it and that's totally fine and there are many startups that have succeeded yeah. as such um, but when when it's the, it's the cold intro or like, a, like yeah. a cold email and all that yeah. we can only really base it if like how much can we de-risk ourselves of and course. oftentimes yeah. it comes to is this person really passionate? Has this person actually experienced the problem and felt the gripes of it? Mm. Um, and it could be as simple as, you know, like every day when I have to go to the grocery market to buy apples, they're always like, you know, uh, small, they're deformed, they're not as red as I'd like them to be. And I'm like, okay, I want to solve the problem by sourcing the best apples out there, yeah. there because I've experienced, because an apple day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. I, I, want to, I want to solve that problem for everybody else who's experiencing it. And that's much better than, oh, well, the app, apple market's growing, I'm making this up. Yeah, um, a, a 2% every year, and that's a, that's a great, I don't know, yeah, uh, a metric to go by. Yeah. Like, I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to jump on the band. I'm going to jump, jump on the band. Yeah. And in fact, like a lot of our community says, like everybody who's jumped on a blockchain startup since uh, wow. 2017 has been jumping on the bandwagon. I'm, there, that said, there have been good startups out there, but yeah. the vast majority has jumped on it, similar yeah. to how um, entrepreneurs jumped on the, the, the dot com. And like, yeah, but, so there's, there's always there's always an influx, and then you just wait out. Yes. And once you wait out, you see where the tide goes, and you see what is washed away. Yes. What is came up ashore. And yeah, yeah, uh, and that's I, how I, usually. I mean, that's that's any trend, and that's gone back, like you said, all the way to the dot com. Everyone, yes. it, everyone tries to figure out what trend and what is going on or what's the next big thing because, I mean, no matter what, I mean, we're there's a lot of great that we're doing in the world. There's a lot of problems that are being solved, and you know, a lot of the things that were easier for customer adoption um, was easier ten years ago when the field was all green. And now the field, depending upon your particular expertise or your your ability to get out and share your dream or your you know your social status or social network um, depends upon a lot because there's a lot of people right now that don't know what's going on in certain industries because they are closed off and they don't want to know or they don't want to think that the industry is going that way which is great on both sides but it's also you you don't open yourself up to opportunities that other people might have and I mean I can go about the cannabis industry which I don't ever speak about but I'm pretty sure, I mean, I have enough, a couple friends out here that, that do that. And then a bunch of different industries, solar, you, you can go on and on. And I think 
what the most a very very important thing people need to understand is is it's not closing themselves off to yeah. especially not now you know it's, it's it, this is we were uh, talking about this actually yesterday with my good friend Corey he says I believe 2017 and 2018 it was the year of openness it's like mm-hmm. started of a new the aerial um, it's a sign I don't, I, he he went into detail you guys can check that on on the episode before this one with uh, Corey who speaks about we're in the the, 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 the clock of openness, which is for the next hundred years, something like that. Yeah, and that people. Well, I gotta check this episode out myself <laughs> then as well. Right? So so I mean, going moving into the the you know more of a, the diagnosed question of we talked about why people don't get really funding or you know what is the craziest startup you've ever seen so far, like doing the most craziest thing. Uh. Recreating, not really recreating, um, but if you can say it, can you say it? Or? I, 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 I can sure. probably. Uh, yeah, if you can, uh, like oh. I've, okay. what, the craziest stuff I've seen. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily invested in. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I've oh seen, yeah, yeah, right? that's, like, that's What the craziest like, one you've seen? You, you can see it on TechCrunch. You yeah. can find it anywhere else. Yeah, it, yeah. Was a, it was a, a YC alum, um, but it was like working on um, recreating, transporting human consciousness. What? Which is crazy. Wait, hold on. Did you tell me about this? I did tell you about this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I did. I tell you about this. But yeah. there's also different, like that startup itself. It's it's a brilliant. That's I don't know. It's, it's an amazing idea. It's like very Star Trekky, very like, Star yeah. Warsy. And I love my science fiction. Yeah. One of the venture capitalists I work with, their like their thesis is, um, um, I'm losing out at the top of my head, but it's like um, making science fiction nonfiction or some delineation of that, which I find to be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, um, that startup itself, I don't think it's ever going to make any money um, for the next 10 years, maybe longer, but it is a crazy idea. And they've been working hard. And I think um, when I first talked with them, they had they were just like a couple months in of breaking the world record for brain preservation. Wow. And that, like, from, from death to on the table preserved. Oh, I remember you told me. Yes, that. right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought that was like crazy. And of course, you know, in venture capital, which you can probably find on a lot of blogs, AMAs, talking to a lot of venture capitalists, there's a difference between crazy and crazy good. Mm. And the only difference between those two, because I mean, before it really like, you know, takes off, before Facebook really takes off, before Uber takes off, yeah. nobody really knows if it's crazy or crazy good. Yeah. Of course, there might be a cop-out answer as well, but a lot of venture capitalists default to what is the difference between crazy and crazy good is traction. Got it. Um, and it doesn't have to be like paying customers straight off the bat, especially if you're like an angel, like very, very early stage. It's like, if you have external validation that's outside of your friends, family, and everybody who's like, oh, good job. Uh, and I, I know if I brought any idea to my mom, she's like, this is the best idea in the world, of course, right? Of, of course. course. I mean, yeah. if you brought us, if yeah. you brought, uh, like when you first had the idea of whatever, 55B, yeah. she is, whether it's a good idea or not, she's probably 99.9% of the time going to say, this is my baby's baby and I'm going to support it no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so that's why the traction, it's external validation outside of your immediate network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it can range all the way up to like, I would say like even 5,000. Like if you even say like, you know, your second degree connections who are relatively close to your first degree connections will probably still support your idea. Exactly. But you want like somebody probably in like the middle of Georgia who's like, yeah. you know, uh, it's like, this is an amazing idea as well. Of course I, I, each test market is different, right? Yeah. Um, but traction is the only one that, for now, um, that we can find that really separates a crazy idea from a crazy good idea. Wow. And that makes sense. So a lot of startups that are listening, 
entrepreneurs that are listening understand that right now, traction is that that unit of measure that yeah. you guys use. That a lot of I'm pretty sure a lot of VCs use the same methodology. Some angels that are probably experienced or experts as well, um, depending on the domain, they can also know how much traction they're supposed to have, right? Depending upon the particular domain, yes. some traction probably could be a little bit farther along than others. And so, it varies per vertical as well. Yeah, and I mean, and I want to ask you know a couple more questions. We've been here for a while, and we, we both can go on and on forever. And if oh this podcast God. could last like eight hours straight, and you viewers probably could, like you know, we like. Uh, not, I keep saying viewers. They're actually viewers. listeners. I'm listeners, like, listeners, viewers, listeners. I mean, I am so used to the television model. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're catching eyeballs. This is not you're ca- we're catching earlobes here. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit of both. I mean, we got you know we got the video going and we got True. this going, and of course I can always you know switch it. So let's let's. I, I'm gonna go. We'll, we'll ask a couple more questions. What is the star that pulls you out of bed? We were talking about this earlier. I know. Um, and I just, I, I wanted to say it. And, okay. and then I have the last I, one, but that that's one that for me is, of course, personal, right? Like, what is that star that you get up out of bed? I, I, um, is it a there, there's, there's a very literal it, one, there's a very figurative one. All right, go ahead. I mean, I'm not really figurative, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the slightly more abstract as your question is also in the more abstract yeah. realm, it's that crazy Gremlins project. Got it. Um, more literal, the sun rises pretty early in the summer. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's a star I'm looking up towards. Uh, and I don't have the the full blinds. I have the, I don't even know what you call it, the, the partitioned one where there's the gaps in the middle, okay. and you just like twist uh, the yeah. blinds. I, uh, sun is a star. Yes. That's what pulls me out of bed as well. Okay. Um, but... More recently, also, um, like a branch of our Crazy Gremlins, we've been doing, quote-unquote, social experiments. Mm. Uh, Like the most recent one, which I'm about to wrap up, is uh, where people have to answer questions um, in our, you know, little index cards and all that. Um, But they're not required to reveal what the question is. Oh, wow. Um, So the questions can range anything from very benign, like how many times have you Googled yourself, what's your favorite book, to... not safe for work um, and other kinds of questions and it provides a level of vulnerability that uh, we're uh, really looking at because we we figure out like the reason we we targeted this like vulnerability trait is for a crazy gremlins party because one of our theses is um, helping strangers become lifelong friends overnight so we're trying to shorten that gap from knowing somebody to becoming best friends with them and you know a gap can on average can last like anywhere from a year to two years or maybe within six months but to do it in one night that's really hard and of course you could say like it takes a year for me to get to know somebody and become best friends with them um but even for us too like you know when we first met there was a spark i know and we just hit it off it did not take us a year um but that's just like how can we dive into interesting conversations how can we be vulnerable with each other and have the excuse to be vulnerable with the addendum, without using alcohol or substances. And that is, I think, the hardest part, because it's easy, like, you know, if you're, if you're drunk, you're like, oh, okay, you know what, I am, uh, I'm drunk, I'm a bit tipsy, I'm blaming about alcohol, that's why I'm a bit more loose Very tongue. true, very true. Um, but without those two, can we do the same thing? So we're shortening that time frame. Um, <clears throat> and with, through that, I mean, going back to the earlier question, which I realized I've never answered, the feedback. Um, each time we do the social experiment, we ask for feedback. feedback. 
and it really comes down boils down to a couple questions. And they actually took a lot of inspiration. I actually took a lot of inspiration from Raul Vora, the CEO of Superhuman. Yeah. yeah. And you can probably catch his um, talk about it on the Twenty BC podcast. Mm-hmm. I know I'm marketing another podcast on one year. It's podcast. cool. It's alright. It's alright. <laughs> it's cool. You know. It is, but I find it so fascinating when he breaks down the feedback. Yeah. Um, into things. And that, I heard that. I heard that podcast too. You did. Yeah, I, I remember I, I shared it with you. Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah. really cool. It. I heard that. Um, recommend your your viewers slash listeners to your our earlobe audience. Earlobe audience. Yeah. <laughs> to to check that out. Um, but uh, one of the most uh, insightful questions I think he has is how I'm paraphrasing. Um, how disappointed would you be if this product no longer yeah, existed? Yeah. And you have like three very disappointed, somewhat disappointed, not disappointed, and you segment the market accordingly and segment their feedback accordingly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you take you prioritize the feedback of people who are very disappointed to see your product disappear. Yeah. And I think I, whether he uh, decided uh, consciously to do it or not, um, people are loss averse just based on like psychology. And if you say, if you phrase the question, how much do you value a certain experience or a certain product? They're like, eh, I value it a little bit, yeah. right? Um, but if you say, like, how much do you sacrifice? Yeah. Um, to obtain such an experience, such a yeah. product that uh, that creates a more uh, a stronger emotion, and yeah. oftentimes creates a more honest Honestly, response. Yeah, that's all around psychology of questions. Like, right. Like, I've t- I mean, we've talked. I've talked about this before as well. When it comes down to the way that you phrase certain questions in surveys, can lead or be misleading to individuals. Yes. Right. And it's funny because. What I've been doing for the past, let's say, three, you know, four years is I told you I predicate my friends dependent upon the questions we ask each other, mm, good or yes. bad, no matter what, right? So that's always been the, if you have that frame of mind, you won't put yourself around people that first, one, don't ask questions, and two, they ask pretty good ones. So when you start to circle yourself and put yourself around individuals that are like that and you have just that one frame because question asking is the pillar of anything, right? And if you're not afraid to ask a question, you're not afraid to look like a fool. And if you're not afraid to look like a fool, you'll be curious. And it's people now that are not curious that you're going to start to see, like we've talked about before, a closeness to them, which right now we're in the year of openness. So curiosity, it all leads back to the same Going back to your, the Corey's podcast, please do check out Corey's podcast uh, <laughs> other <up>? day. <laughs> so, so, what, so what I want to, the last thing I want to kind of get into is the goal velocity function. Finally. Yes. Finally. So, so you, I mean, we have it kind of like showing right here. Tell us your idea behind it and not idea behind it. I mean, I wrote it in the beginning yes. as I started it. And then I showed you and I showed other people and we started picking it apart. They started adding, we started talking about climate. And there's another YouTube video that I do have where I actually go into depth. I explain a little bit more. Um, so you tell us a little bit about what you think about it. So I want to and preface, you, took, and you, yeah. you, you, t- you talked about this before. This is your baby. Yes. This is your brainchild. Yeah. I am merely a, a, a little like preschool teacher who came by to try to, you know, teach your baby some manners. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that is an awesome way to frame it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it. You know what? I I, I love these like random analogies. Sometimes I get too crazy with them. I have yeah, a past good. of uh, thinking of the most random analogies. It's good. I love it. And I've gotten in trouble because of that. No, I don't care. Um, you know what I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I and we're, we're here of open, openness. 
open. My chest is open. There we go. Oh, practice um, a little qigong. Qi, qigong. There we go. Stomach. Um, but going back to the goal velocity function, I remember the first time you showed me that I don't know how much I could share of the goal velocity function. Yeah, it's cool. You can share it. I can yeah. share it. Um, so uh, when you showed it to me, it was E plus V plus T divided by L equals G, where E stands for effort, V yeah. stands for environment, T stands for time, and then L stands for luck, and G is goal. Goal, yeah. Um, and I am a huge nerd over numbers. I want to I preface that. Like, literally, in my crazy gremlins thing, everything I do, I love metrics. Maybe it's because I was born in the Bay Area. It's like, metrics, data, 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 data. Yes. I love it. Get that, um, get that data. Get that data. And I, so when I saw that, I'm like, ooh, you could really take this. But the only thing, when I first saw this, um, and we both agreed with yeah, that, we exactly. had uh, uh, that there, there was no focus yeah. oh, yes. to the whole equation. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, you can put in effort, um, yeah. you can put in the environment, and you can factor in environment, you can factor in time, you can factor in luck. If you put that all together, no matter how plus minus time di di yeah. times divide PEMDAS or whatever, yeah. um, will that actually equal goal? Yeah. It's kind of like going back to earlier in a conversation, mm -hmm. the difference between mission and vision. Mm, yes. With your equation, you had a mission. You were building yeah. a staircase to something, but without uh, focus, you didn't have the vision. vision. And I know you're going like, oh, all right. We, we agreed. We talked about this before. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right, yeah. So go um, ahead. And, and I know you're going to go ahead and explain what you did. Well. Or part of what you part, did. Part of what ahead. I did. You yeah. know, like, you know, the, the child has to go home and do homework. And that's on you. Of course. Um, of course. I'm just there during the eight hours a day. Or preschool is much shorter than that. I don't even know. How, I forgot how long preschool was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yes. So, I mean. We, so. The Go focus ahead. comes to, and uh, you know, we were talking earlier in the podcast about gravitational pull yeah. and all that, and gravitational force, and you know, given my little uh, exploration of astrophysics, I mean, your viewers can also probably search this up, but the equation for gravitational pull was also G equals universal constant, a gra universal gravitational constant times mass one times mass two divided by uh, distance squared mm -hmm. between those two. Um, and that was something that was more pertinent mm. um, to me because that dis defined a focus. The, the differential between mass one and mass two and how there was an initial goal and there was an end goal. Of course, we have to dive. Like, each one is an equation, a formula in itself. itself yeah. um, and I thought that was something where you can drive. Like, if I could put focus together, if there was a beginning and there was an end point, and then yeah. I could say there is a goal there. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like that better. Even going back to your initial equation, like the E plus V plus T yeah. divided by L equals G, there needs to be an ultimate, like, climax. Exactly. So yeah. And the goal can change all the time. It's a variable in itself. Like, yeah. you know, you reach a certain point, like, oh, I need a new goal now. Yeah. Each time you accomplish your goal, I need a new goal. Um, so then I, we wanted, I, we yeah. talked about it, we added in a limit function yeah. to the initial equation, which defined, like, what is the eclipse yeah. of uh, the, the GVF. The, yeah, exactly. And I think that having those conversations as you look at entrepreneurship, which is just tailored towards, all of us have metrics and we have timelines mm -hmm. and goals right and all of those can be weighted differently and that's why it was so interesting when you did bring attention to the table because the focus part right i think that is more prevalent now than anything because there's so many things to distract you and you can even throw in like we talk we can talk about negatives but a lot of what we have is around entrepreneurship and a lot of entrepreneurs whether it's like they started early or they started late it's like i have this direct Thing that I want to get done and when that once that gets done boom done I move on to the next thing and we 
in those in that time frame we, we chase states right and and yes. that's and that's a lot of and that's a lot around basically you can start to i think over the course of time and i think part of it is now and i think part of it will be for the next hundred years is the people with that are less distracted are less dependent upon things are the ones that are going to live I mean, and I mean that in a in a way of freedom, in a way of doing what they want to do, um, and ha- and having that for themselves. And I think athletes are very very similar, right? And yes. you know that because of the fact that you're an athlete. I know that because I'm an athlete. I've been a I was a one push athlete, but I, I also was cross country and track. And those sports are all tactical, from team perspective to um, a theory perspective, even in cross country. There's a person, once you hit go, that runs out really, really fast, but he doesn't have the fastest time. That was on our team. He had In other people's teams, they try to set the pace by running out in front of people so other people follow them psychology. You try to keep the pace of the person in front of you in okay. cross country. And, you know, even though me and a couple other my friends on the team that had some of the faster times, there's a lot of psychology that goes into that. So there's a lot of attention on the person that's running out in front of you. There is, and I, I love how of, you mentioned that because, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of my friends included, who weren't former athletes, they think sports is like muscle brain, you know, like yep. it's like all physical work, no mental work required. But as you mentioned, yep. uh, cross country and track and all, all these, there's even basketball and like football and all that, right? Of course, yeah. There's a lot of brain, there's a lot of strategy, there's a lot of, te- there's a lot of technique that goes into it. And yeah. you have to be cognizant of all that. And you can't, like, a lot of people when I think of, um, physical work or exercise it's a lot about oh limbic system like i'm just going to train my my ooh, ooh, ah, kind of brain yeah, right yeah, my um, evolution my mammalian brain right? yeah and but more importantly as you get more into it you learn there's a lot that requires your prefrontal cortex exactly. to do the work required yeah. because um for track you know it's like paying attention to how, how far the person ahead of you is or cross country yeah um and knowing how, how much distance should I put, uh, should I ride on their tailwind? Exactly. Um, how should it all go in? Like, how should I factor it in? And you have, like, these, this is something that most people don't see behind the realm of sports. Even yeah. in swimming, when, oh, my sport, um, I swam long distance. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm going to muscle brain it, like, all the way through. Like, I'm not going to swim for a 30-minute swim yeah. um, just to, uh, like, you know, power it all the way through because I'll die by, like, you know, exactly. second minute. Um, so then I, like, even for me, I was trying to think, like, oh, okay, how can I strategize myself to play mental games exactly. with uh, uh, my fellow swimmers? Um, so for me, it was, like, dividing the, the segment of the race into four, and the first race you swim at, like, 90% speed, just, like, a little faster, so then you psych out of your opponents, like, oh, God, this guy's so fast in the beginning, mm. I better put up my work, and they start tiring themselves out. And then by the second uh, quarter, you, you dial down to 80% speed, and you're like, so then you kind of give your space to, to rest and to grow accordingly, and then you build up to 90, and then at the last quarter, you put 110%, yeah. which it's, when you get, it, you could push your body to the limits. And that 110%, when you like are coming up behind somebody, or if you're far ahead of somebody, that really gets into people's brain, that psychs people out. Yeah. And it's contrary to the popular belief, it's a very, it's a big mental game you're exactly. playing. Yeah. It's almost and, like a game of chess. And, and, and it is exactly the game of chess. And um, there was a research paper I was reading. I, I would try, I'll try to put it in the comments, but they talked about the comparison of chess players and primates. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the chess players' prefrontal cortex um, was lit up 
the same exact way of a primate ripping up another primate. Really? That's how strong, and this is just an individual grandmaster mm-hmm. playing chess and a primate ripping another primate apart. That's how much of a, of a mental... Of a mental, a mental computation it takes in order to do both things, and, and and in sport it is lateral. Like people think that when you look at an athlete, and I've looked at a lot, and it's oh, like you said, some of your friends will say, oh, well, it's all just bronze and you know, no, no, whatever. It is more mental now, I think, than it's ever been. And even when I was younger, I knew I was very tactical because I looked at these humans this way like no you're you can do this or you can do that and the more i iterate it the better that individual got it was like okay and then the more they drove themselves for better performance so i think that it is more mental than anything physical when it comes to any sport i mean there's more sports as you know there's more sports that are more mental than others and of course some of them we have to play nice with each other which also takes a lot of Oh right, yeah, mental, right? Basketball and all these other team sports. No, there are rules, and there are certain fractions you can't. And there's a there's a lot there, right? So, and I think I'm gonna impact this over the course of my, my my life as well. Just the comparison between both athletes and entrepreneurs, and just how much of the same creature they are. I don't think there's really any difference. Um, and and I think we can, like you said, we can go on and on about it. I wanna, I mean, we damn. This is uh, this is probably the longest podcast. This is really the okay. I've done. This is definitely the longest one. It definitely. So the now it's, it's worth more than hundred bucks. Yeah, it's, it's like two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the scale works, but <laughs> we just jumped. We just jumped. Okay, so um, all right, so we'll we'll finish up now. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I mean, I mean, wanted to end on any of the new projects you're working on, any other shout outs, some of the stuff that you're doing, events that you might be doing, or whatever. I mean. Is there anything else that you wanted to put out there? Uh, or not? Definitely want to shout out to my, my, my buddies at the Crazy Gremlins. Oh, there we go. Um, just because we're all crazy enough, wild enough to come up and challenge uh, a lot of social beliefs. And I think it's mm. the, the invisible no- norms, yeah. quote unquote. They can't see the norm. I can't, I, I'm doing air quotes right now. Nobody yeah. can see this. Nobody can see them. Um, I can see them. Though. You can see them. Harry can see them. Harry can see them. Um, uh, that I think people follow. Yeah. That I don't think people need to follow because I mean, uh, for, for example, like strictly, like a lot of my friends ask me how they get into venture capital at this age. I'm like, oh, okay. Usually people go to banking, then like consulting, and, and after like a couple of years, I'm like, now I'm gonna go do an analyst role and maybe like try to go on the partner track for venture capital and mm-hmm. eventually get there, or maybe take an operating role post banking. You don't. There's no rule that says you have to do. It. And yes, like you know, uh, certain firms. Would oh, I, I need X amount of experience uh, for you to join a part of the firm. But as both of us know, um, everything is a, a relationship-based industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's venture capital, whether it's anything else out, the work, out there, like you can, um, if you are a good friend with somebody, if you know how to get it, if you can provide value despite the, the resume, yeah. That's what matters. And look, in fact, like ed tech is growing like crazy, right? You don't yeah. have to go to a four-year college. You don't have to get like a bachelor's or a master's degree to become a software engineer at a, a, a company, right? Yeah. You can go to a boot camp. You can self-study. You can work on a bunch of projects. You can still get the exact same job. You don't necessarily have to spend that amount of time. And I love how the industry is changing and shifting in that sense. Yeah. That said, I do have a four-year degree and I'm like, oh, yes. I'm we, so, know, uh, we know you do. <laughs> it's good that you're looking back and, 
because some people will look at it differently. They'll say, you know what, no, you do need a four-year degree. You do, you have to go out, you have to go that conventional route. But you're a person that comes from um, a very, very good degree, from a very, very good background, and you're saying you're going to be opening the doors from the people and saying, you know what, no, you don't necessarily have to do the. And sometimes people do the opposite, right? They try to shoot for me, I'm your metric, but you're, mm-hmm. the, you're looking at that the opposite don't way. Don't do me, don't like, do me. You're like, hey, you don't have to, you can, you can get into it in other ways. And that's important, I think, more now so than anything else because of the job market, because of what, you know, is, is going to happen in the next 10 years with AI. So I think that um, that's important. I think you're doing some important work, and I appreciate that. Thank you. And I just I want, like, the final parting note, at least on my end, I want to say is that, you know, uh, think about all the invisible rules that you follow. Mm-hmm. And think of them, which one is there because they're supposed to be there, and which ones are there just because you are afraid to challenge otherwise. Mm-hmm. And once you figure that out, challenge them. Ooh. Um, Ooh, drop and die. There we go. All right, okay. I can't even say anything else. <laughs> Check out YouTube, IG, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google. I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Bye. Peace. <laughs>